You're listening to She Time Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4, Becoming Jonelle Henry. Hi there, and welcome to She Time, your me time destination, featuring smart and fun conversations aimed at helping women to prioritize self-care. I'm your host, Alexandra Sampson, self-care advocate and founder of the She First Project, and I am delighted that you're joining me and other women around the globe for today's episode. If you're not familiar with the She First Project, I encourage you to head over to shefirstproject.org for more information about our self-care initiatives. Today, I'm talking with multi-passionate entrepreneur, journalista, and conversation starter, Janelle Henry. Janelle is a respected journalist and producer with more than 15 years of media and communications experience. She's the founder of Districtly Speaking, a Washington, D.C.-based monthly town hall series covering the most talked about social and political issues. An entrepreneur and go-getter at heart, Janelle is also the owner of DS Traveler, a D.C.-based boutique online travel company. Now, as you can tell, Janelle has a number of titles. All of them suit her very well, and we'll talk about them a bit more during this episode. And I'm particularly excited to talk with her about how she's been able to successfully tap into her multiple passions and boldly go after them. If you too are a multi-passionate woman, this episode is for you, as I believe Janelle will share some great nuggets for all of us multi-passionate women out there. But before we get into the discussion, we like to kick off the conversation by talking about what we're sipping on. Hopefully all of our listeners have a beverage in hand and are using this time to relax, liven up their commute, get through the workday, or power through that workout. No matter what you're doing, we're all united by tuning into this episode with our drinks in hand. So Janelle, I'll start with you. What are you sipping on? Oh my goodness. So it's, it's, it's not even like that exciting. It's orange man- mango juice from Whole Foods. Ah. <laughs> um, I love mango. So this is totally up my alley and um, it's, it's so Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, that is exciting. It's, you know, it sounds very tropical, makes me kind of, you know, have a little island feel. A little <laughs> exactly, <vibe>. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm having green tea. Um, oh, nice, nice. So, you know, nothing exciting about that. I think that's actually less <laughs> less exciting than the juice that you have. But, um, right. This but actually it's made... not wine. It's not wine. So I'm like, okay, that's right. usually like a nice way to, like, enjoy your evening. But right. it's not that time yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, okay, so talking about more of the kind of, you know, tropical feel, maybe that's a good segue into one of the first things I wanted to talk about is that you're from, originally from Jamaica, Yes, yes. So I was born there and I consider myself a born Jamaican because yeah. I was born in Jamaica, but I was raised here in the States. I came over when I was really small and my parents moved over here with me and my sister. My sister was actually born here. And um, and so in our household, it was like it was very much Jamaican. It was just like that's that's what I grew up with. That's the culture I grew up with. Um, grew around the music, the food, everything, um, just the way of life, um, the work ethic, all of that was kind of ingrained um, in my house. And then, of course, blending that with 
the experiences um, through school and just neighborhood and just meeting other people, that definitely kind of balanced out this amazing cultural experience that I had growing up. So yes, definitely a, a, a Jamaican, uh, born in Jamaica, had to get, you know, had to become a citizen later in life. So that was, you know, that was definitely my experience. And there's so much that I love about that and I can draw from that. And there's so much um, that I can relate to people about because of those experiences. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> so are there any particular uh, maybe values or um, things that you would place to be things that are unique to um, or are highly influenced by your Jamaican kind of background and culture? Well, I definitely think all the hustles that I have. I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've heard that like running joke about like, you know, Jamaicans have like five, six, seven jobs. And I always thought it was something that was really funny. I don't think it like met the the bar of like this really serious stereotype. I think it was always done in humor and fun. And um, I mean, even in Living Color made fun of it, you know? <laughs> so um, so I think just, just growing up seeing family members and, you know, friends and family friends, you know, all the people that you call auntie and uncle, just seeing them like do multiple things, you know, knowing that there were people that had a very formal training in something like a nurse or, you know, a teacher, but that could also like, you know, braid hair or mm -hmm. cook or babysit or, you know, what have you. So everyone had like this extra something going on that um, was also a part of who they were. And so I just always saw that growing up and, and knew that I had multiple interests. And so, you know, now we've, you know, branded it as multi-passionate and sounds so fancy and it's part of my title. But I think I learned that very early on, seeing that you're not just one thing, like you can have many different passions. And if, you, if you're a nurse or a teacher, which is a very traditional kind of well-respected, you know, field, you can have all these other interests that are completely unrelated sometimes that kind of bring you joy at the same time. And so I just saw, I just grew up seeing a lot of people doing a lot of different things and having fun doing it and, and having such a strong work ethic that, um, that I didn't realize would really be, would impact me the way it did until I started working as an adult. And so seeing my, my, my father work super, super hard, you know, working multiple jobs, you know, again, to put food on the table, to provide for our family, seeing my mom do the same thing, you know, those gender roles were kind of turned upside down in my household because mm. my parents did what they needed to do. So, you know, so that was just really, um, again, that's what I saw. That's what I came to appreciate and admire. And so I took the good from that and just kind of applied that to my life. So I knew I had multiple interests and I didn't know at first how to pursue all of them, but it kind of all worked out. And I'm sure we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the thing that I really like about that is I like the fact that it sounds like it made it normal to have multiple passions and that you didn't have to decide the one thing that you wanted to be um, in terms of a career, that there was room and it was demonstrated that there's room to be able to blend you know, right. multiple interests. And I think, you know, one of the things that I, that resonates for with me is um, when I was growing up, I was young and people would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
And I said, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer, but I also want to be a cosmetologist. And I, yeah. I had I had kind of worked out in my mind that, you know, during the week I was going to work, you know, my regular job as, you know, a doctor mm-hmm. or a lawyer. And then on the weekends I was going to do hair. Yep. And I was quickly told, like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. You got to pick one. And, you know, I, you know, kind of steered to pick, you know, the career that, you know, probably was going to be the way to provide for my family, you know, I don't know, in the best way. Right. Um, And so I quickly, at least at that time in life, learned that, okay, I have to pick one thing and that's the thing I have to be and do for, you know, the rest of my life or the rest of my career. And so that created a little bit of conflict as I got older and I still had these interests, you know, it's not in doing hair anymore, but I have interest for other things and trying to reconcile and not feel guilty about, oh no, I need to stay in a lane, you know? Right. I think right. that's something if I had seen more people around me, you know, kind of doing multiple things that maybe I wouldn't have felt as guilty about or, or, or pers- you know, persuaded that, I, oh, you can't do that. Yeah, no, that was that was like just so positive. And, you know, definitely my family's very artistic. So there was such an early appreciation for like the arts and all of it, all of its many forms. So, you know, just visual arts. And definitely music, huge part of my growing up was music. I mean, I have early memories of my parents dancing together and like reggae music playing in the background and people just having a good time. And so there was lots of food, lots of music, lots of dancing. And so, you know, I grew up like I knew how we had a good time, you know, and and it was just so much fun. And I have just really great fond memories of those experiences. And so to this day that travels with me, it's just like, you know, just music and, and an appreciation for arts and the appreciation for like, you know, live music, live theater, all those kind of things. It's just, it's just all stems from those, those early moments, um, those early parts of my childhood. So, um, so that definitely contributed as well to just, just things that I appreciated about my background. Nice. So this is a good segue to kind of start to talk a little bit about some of the various things that you've done and accomplished and that you're involved in. And so you're a producer and a journalist. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what led you into the media communications field. So all those years of kids telling me that, you know, you speak so well or you speak a certain way. I didn't know I was doing any of those things. Obviously, you know, growing up Jamaican, you know, there's a very heavy accent. And like, once I moved here and, and, you know, went to school in America, you know, obviously my accent went away. And so I just kind of developed this very, (laughs) the way that what you hear now, you know, and just as a child, that was just so, (laughs) that really didn't uh, allow me to make a lot of friends. But Anyway, um, <laughs> it's a whole nother, you, know, you can have a whole nother story and episode on that, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, a whole nother conversation. But, you know, I got teased um, about that and, you know, the way that I read and the way that and so very early on, I knew that I was going to be like kind of like a chatterbox on some level. I was going to be talking, doing something. And very early on, I was like giving speeches in class and the first one to raise my hand. And so I look back at those things because I was very comfortable talking in front of groups of people or very comfortable, you know, being behind the podium and giving a speech and things like that. And those are usually things that, you know, I read that people are like just so afraid of doing. And so I was just like, man, like I'm kind of wired differently, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to a high, a high school, um, a, an art school that had a communications program. And so it was really refined during those days. 
and um, and really had a local a local reporter from our, our local TV station. You know, she came in and she was kind of giving us some tips and stuff in one of our TV production classes. And she pulled me aside and said, I think you should pursue this. And I think she's like, I think you have a great voice for it. You have a great look. You really know how to tell stories. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Um, and so I was really kind of surprised because that was just a field that I hadn't considered. But once she put, you know, put that in my head, I, I just really took off from there. And that, I think I was like 15, maybe 15 or 16 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of always wanted to know since that time that I wanted to do news specifically, um, and be able to, um, tell stories and communicate with people. And I think what drove that was just feeling like people didn't have the information they needed to make really good decisions or to be really well informed. And it's just like, how can I help in that process? How can I, how can I give people opportunity to understand very complex issues? How can I break it down for people? What can I do to provide ways or platforms or, you know, just opportunities for people to kind of like know what the full story is and then be able to make up their mind. And so that was something that was kind of always driving me very early on. And I, I kind of put that in motion in college when I continued um, on that track and studied broadcasting. And so that really like set me up for success in the future. And that's kind of how that idea came about. I was an observer of the news. I read the newspaper. My parents were very um, passionate about politics and news. I would hear the debates that would go on in my house. So that was always kind of, again, part of part of what um, I remember. And 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 I knew that that was something that I wanted to pursue. Now, at the same time, I knew that there was really no one that um, had really done something like that or I didn't know at the time. And so mm -hmm. everyone was like a teacher or, you know, or, you know, just um, a lawyer or just some some of the more traditional fields. And I remember feeling like, man, being a newswoman, that's not very traditional. But it was so supported and everyone uh, like was so supportive of that career path for me and and cheered me on the whole way. So it was it was awesome. I like it. So I'm sure over the years you've covered a number of stories. What's been one of the most interesting stories that you've covered during in your career? Oh, man. Oh, there's been so many. So I should say that, like, when I first um, decided to become a reporter, I wanted to be like an entertainment reporter because I figured my love of music and movies and stuff, I wanted to be on the red carpet at the Oscars interviewing, like, you know, celebrities, asking them about, like, climate change and all this stuff. So <laughs> yeah. that was, like, my dream. And then I moved to D.C. and got you know, caught up in politics. And I was like, oh, this is also its own kind of little Hollywood story here. You know, it has the same kind of drama and intrigue. And so, so decided to do that. But I think for me, like, definitely a professional high was the election of Barack Obama. That was a huge, huge, huge high for me because I was able to be part of that experience from beginning to end. So um, Barack Obama as a candidate, you know, as a senator and a candidate, for the presidency and to be able to be assigned to that experience, assigned to that, you know, you know, that story and to go to the convention, to hear his speech, to um, and then to to end that whole entire ride with election night in Chicago. I mean, yeah. the night it was just an amazing night. And of course, it had professional and personal 
like triumph behind it, you know. So, you know, as a black woman, it was just an exciting experience just to see just to see people. I mean, I saw people hugging and kissing each other that like had never met each other before. It was an incredible, incredible kind of experience to witness um, personally, but then professionally just to see the, you know, kind of how campaigning worked and how, and, and how we covered it and how we were able to bring viewers to these different places to hear him speak and to hear him talk about his platform and his vision for the country. So that was an amazing experience. And then it, you know, ended with, um, you know, a, a White House Christmas party and being able to, to meet the first lady and the president and bringing my sister along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And that was just a great way to kind of capture all of that. And it was, it was, a, it was just, I was just like, whoa, like they're, you know, if you're a reporter or a journalist in DC, you, you definitely are going to cover campaigns, but that was just like, one of one of the highs for me because of just you remember the energy of that time so it was an interesting it was an interesting thing to experience and to really witness and also too because I came into it thinking that oh, he's not going to win this country's not ready yet mm, so yeah. it, it, it proved me wrong in many ways and um and so that was that was definitely um it so I remember that and there's one one more that I remember starting very early in my career started in about 2001. And um, when I started my career as a production assistant, you know, it's very entry level kind of, you know, news position, you know, helping out producers, helping out, you know, different managers in different ways. And I remember the the, the day for 9-11, like that, mm. I mean, nobody will forget that day, but, but being experiencing 9-11 um, in a newsroom was a completely different experience. I don't even know how, I will never forget that. You know, we took viewer calls and we were just, you know, trying to talk to people on the ground and you're listening to people and you're trying to find out information and people are telling you to help them find their loved ones because they haven't heard from them and people are crying on the phone and you're trying to do your job, but you're trying to be sympathetic. It was like the most surreal experience of my life. And so in moments like that, it's so hard for you to kind of be Janelle and be this news person it's like you're constantly trying to figure out like how to balance all of that because this happened to you too right this is your country and this is this is a tragedy that happened in in your country and you want to feel it and experience it the way everybody else is but you also have a job to do in that moment and so that was kind of one of the first times I've had to balance out those things so that was very interesting and I'll never forget it yeah I can only imagine being in a position where a part of your job includes covering and in, in, it sounds like in a lot of ways responding to just 9-11. And I remember experiencing that as a college student and um, at the time just feeling so shook, you know, <laughs> and just because we've exactly. never seen anything like this, you know, happen on American soil and, you know, just so many questions and and so I can only imagine if you're in a position where your, your job is to actually cover this, you know, and to exactly um, to, to not just experience it as a, a civilian, but as a, you know, as a reporter to to also, you know, cover it as a story. It's, you know. Yes, exactly. And then and then it's like, you know, I was I was like straight out of school. So right, I, was right. like, <laughs> I want my parents. I don't want to be here by myself. I don't want to be an adult. I want to be with my family. Right. You know, so I remember feeling that way and feeling kind of alone. And even though I was surrounded by all these people that, you know, we had each other's backs and stuff, but it was, it was a very, 
I remember that moment as well, too, just kind of like, I just want to be in like the comfort of like my family space. And that was in Florida and I was in DC. And so it was just like, you know, it was like adulting for real. Like, okay, you gotta, you gotta get to work on your own. You gotta do this. So um, I guess your love for stories inspired and encouraged you to create your own conversation series through Districtly Speaking. And um, I would love if you could talk a bit about Districtly Speaking and, and what you hope to accomplish through it. Yeah, so um, I really wanted to create a space for people to be able to have great conversation. I, you know, love to cook. So I was always inviting friends over. And, you know, we were always having these like huge discussions, you know, among friends. And I realized that just because we all look alike doesn't mean we all feel the same way about issues. And so that was very um, dynamic to me. And I was like, how could I really expand this? How can I broaden this to the community because I know we love to talk and we love to talk about things that we're really concerned about, you know? And so I said, what could I do to encourage that? What could I do to really um, profile that on some level and kind of um, bring stories and the issues that we care about, like bring it to life. And, you know, this was social media was around then, but it wasn't like the tool that it is now for conversation. Mm -hmm. People were still like enjoying meeting each other in person and going to events and going to town halls and things like that. And so that was a really great time when this launched, which was 2011. Yes. 2000. Oh my goodness. Wow. And so I said, okay, well, how, how would, how does this look? And so I came up with that name, which started off as a blog first actually it was called districtly speaking and it was a blog and quickly realized that I'm like you know who are you kidding you hate to write that's why you chose broadcasting that's why you chose tv television news mm-hmm. because you don't like you don't like long form writing so that lasted about a year and then I was just like okay how am I going to bring this to the public and I wanted it to be community focused I wanted all kinds of people to be able to attend I didn't want anyone to have to worry about transportation or how much is it going to cost? You know, I really wanted to try to grab as many demographics as I can into one room. And so using the public library system here in the D.C. area, that was great because you just needed a library card to be able to reserve a room. And and so that promoted that community feeling that I really wanted. And so, you know, started this and, and committed myself to doing a town hall every month on an issue that... I really believe people were talking about and I would take my ideas from conversations, you know, I had with people like everyday conversations. That was the research, you know, it's just like people still talking about this or, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, and turning that into a question, turning that into something we can kind of expand or talk about. And so it was a really great first year. It was very ambitious and, uh, and just kind of grew. And then by the time I had the town hall on interracial relationships, and it was like, you know, or I think I think it was called um, what men really want or or something, something like that. I forgot what it was called, but it was like 200 people in the room. And I'm like, wow, what? it was crazy. I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And um, and then just having people have the confidence to just stand up and speak their mind in a room full of people where they could get attacked. They can get, you know, you just never know how people are going to come at you when mm-hmm. you speak your mind. And so. Um, so just kind of creating the kind of tone and atmosphere where it's like, you can say whatever you want, even if I disagree with you and playing the role of moderator, because I really believe that taking myself out of it and just making sure the conversation stays on track was 
was um, a much more effective way of how I wanted to conduct this. So, um, so that's how it started. And I'm really excited about the plans that I have for it in the future. There's been many kind of variations of it and I've tried different things. And so I've learned a lot with this project, what to do, what not to do. And I think just being okay with trying something new and if it doesn't work out, then going back to what works, you know, I've had many of those conversations with myself. And I think that's so important when you're trying to build a brand or build a business. So, um, so yeah, it's my baby. It's my baby. It's my firstborn. So, you know, <laughs> I've, you know, you know, they say with your firstborn, that's all you're doing. You're doing everything by the book and it's, everything is this. And, and you're just kind of learning and growing at the same time. So that that's been really cool. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I really love about Districtly Speaking is that, I mean, you've taken your passion of reporting kind of the news and you've allowed it to become a forum where it can be more of a dialogue and people Mm -hmm. can kind of share their thoughts and and, and feelings um, Mm -hmm. on those issues that they're seeing reported to them, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And I think one of the things that I think... um, I think people want an outlet to express themselves, but mm-hmm. they also are interested in hearing and learning about other perspectives. And I think, districtly speaking, provides that forum. Yes, yes, that, that and that is my goal. I want people to leave feeling like, okay, I was, I didn't think that, or I didn't agree with that, but I appreciated that it was said. And you know, um, we don't have to like what what we say about different things. We just have to be in the room and hear it out. And um, and so I'm hoping that my platform is able to provide that. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk a little bit in a little bit about your role as a travelpreneur, as I yeah. to say. <laughs> um, but before we get to that, I want to talk a bit about, you know, circle back to the 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 term you being multi-passionate and um, I I like to also talk about it in terms of being multi-dimensional and Mm -hmm. I think that certainly is a term that describes you when we talked about you know certainly the the family values and Mm -hmm. the people that you saw kind of demonstrate that has been something that's helped to normalize that for you but I'm Mm -hmm. interested to know have there been times where you've felt like maybe I shouldn't, you know, tap into some of these other things? Have you had reservations about doing, you know, um, tapping into some of those multi, you know, those other passions? And if so, what's helped you to push past them to continue on to do what you enjoy and love? No, absolutely. I have. I mean, even as recently as a few years ago, I was just kind of like, like this word that I'm using, multi-passionate, is very brand new for me. But it's, but what's not brand new is me feeling this way. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I've always kind of felt this way. And because I had such a very defined um, uh, career path, it, and the one that I really enjoyed, it just didn't make sense to me and even some other people in my life, it didn't make sense that I wanted to do other things because it's like, you know, it's like I've hit it. Like you, you got, you got the dream job. You got the dream career. Like what else do you want? Like that is what life is about. Right. And so all the other passions kind of take a backseat to that. And they're often looked at as like kind of backup plans. If the first plan doesn't work, well, Mm -hmm. you know, what if your first plan works and it's amazing and you enjoy it? And so, you know, I struggled with that a lot because I kind of, I was kind of one of those people, even for myself, that was like, I got to stay in my lane. I got to perfect what, you know, I'm doing right now. That I really kind of struggled with that. And I think the hardest part was trying to figure out, like, is it going to be Janelle in all these spaces? Like, if you only 
come to Districtly Speaking, are you going to see Janelle? Or if you only know me as a journalist, are you are you going to see Janelle? Or are you going to see like these very kind of like these tar- you know, compartmentalized versions of myself, right. you know, like, you know, is there a way to be kind of multi-passionate and for like who I am to show up in all those spaces and how do you kind of gel that together? Like, is that going to make sense? And, you know, we're like really hip to branding and all these really cool things. Like none of that made sense to me at that time, but it was just something that I, I definitely did kind of wonder if I should even bear into this, especially if, the passions don't like kind of immediately make sense to you. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like you, you know, you have this very defined career and then it's like, you want to have a food truck or you want to do all, you know, like, like, you know, you're concerned about like what people are going to think. And I early on thought being multi-passionate was going to seem like you don't know what you want to do. And that is very much the opposite of who I am. Like I, I always know what I want to do. I always have a plan, you know, and sometimes that plan blows up in your face, but you know, I always have something jotted down a direction and where, you know, where I want to go. But yeah, that was really confusing for me. And then literally like I kind of joined forces with an amazing business coach, which was a, a woman that I went to school with that kind of, you know, built her business on this whole idea of being multi-passionate and it's just like the light bulb just went off I'm like mm. I'm not the only one that has asked these questions and I'm not the only one that have ex- has experienced this and so having that guidance and that like buy-in like yeah girl that's me too you know right. I'm, I'm in the same boat and seeing how um, she was able to really put it all together and seeing how whether we want to admit it or not like the dots are connected. There is something that's tying all of those passions together and it's uniquely you. It's, it's exactly how you were fashioned and formed and you were the only person that can do all these different passions the way that it needs to be done. And so once I believed that, I was like, okay, let's go. Time to go, <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. was, I was sold. I, I bought my own belief, you know? And so I just kind of like used that and was just like, okay, there's no going back now because I, I believe this. I, I bought it. That's really good. And, um, you know, I, I can certainly relate in that I have struggled for many years in how to reconcile the various things that I'm passionate about and figuring out how can I do some form of them, figuring out a way to do them without feeling guilty, um, mm-hmm. without feeling like, okay, you're doing too much, you're all over the place. Yeah. Um, but really appreciating the fact that, and accepting the fact that, no, this is who I am, this is what makes up my personal fabric, and it's right. okay if it doesn't make sense to anyone else. You know, it's okay exactly. if <laughs> it's okay exactly. if I'm a lawyer, but I also am a group fitness instructor and health coach and now, you know, <laughs> self-care advocate. Like, it's right. it's all right if, if, if it doesn't appear to all work together for anyone else because if it works together for me to feel authentically me, then it's okay. Um, Absolutely. And it's taken a, a long time to kind of get to that place. And I'm hopeful that if anyone's listening and they're also multi-passionate <laughs> or yes. multi-dimensional and they feel like unicorns, you're not. And, you <laughs> know, <laughs> explore, so explore the things that really give you life. You know, um, mm-hmm. I feel like when we ignore those passions that we don't let a part of ourselves really shine and thrive. And mm-hmm. it doesn't really, you know, it does a, a, a disservice. So, Right. 
So um, maybe getting into one of the last parts of who you are um, <laughs> with your travel boutique, DS Traveler. And if you do not follow DS Traveler on Instagram or the other <laughs> social medias, and it will definitely give Janelle a chance at the end to, to tell us all where we can find her, you definitely need to do so. I mean, the photos from the different trips that she has, you know, orchestrated, they just look fabulous. I'm like, okay, I need to get on a, um, a DS Traveler trip. So. Yes, you do. <laughs> so what's, one, kind of how did you start DS Traveler? And then we definitely want to hear what's one of your favorite places that you've traveled to so far? Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh gosh, the world is just so amazing. There's just so much of it to see. And um, it really started off as an extension of Districtly Speaking. That's actually what the DS and DS Traveler means. Um, I was looking for a way, because obviously I'm DS, uh, Districtly Speaking was like this platform that was free and anyone could come. And I'm like, okay, some not really getting paid for this and that's fine, but you know, what, you know, what's going to be the income producing, you know, kind of part of this. So I had a really great conversation with a friend about kind of expanding um, districtly speaking and looking for projects that I could be a part of to do that. And so, you know, I considered a couple of different um, spaces, just ways to generate some extra income. And I didn't really think they were a good fit. And then when uh, this travel project came to my attention, I was just like, hmm, what if I could create an experience for people where, you know, they're able to, you know, feel like they don't have to do anything but pack their bags and just like come along for the ride, bring their passport. What if everything was kind of handled and taken care of for them? And I realized that the people that were coming to my Districtly Speaking events were people that love to travel because I was following all of their social media pages and they were going to all these amazing places around the world. I knew there was already a built-in audience for this that would appreciate um, appreciate these experiences. And so it started off that way and I was like, hey guys, I can book your this, I can book your that. And that was a really slow start to it because it was just kind of like, you know, people know me as Janelle the journalist, Janelle is the conversation starter, Janelle is districtly speaking. And so how does this travel component kind of fits into that? But after building these group experiences, these, these you know, kind of signature group trips, um, we've been to Greece and Dubai and just got back from South Africa, which I'll get to in a minute, but building these really great um, group experiences where different kinds of people come together on the same trip. So it's just continuing with that friends of friends kind of, you know, movement um, that so much of our social media platforms kind of, that's how it all kind of grew. And, um, and that's how my business has grown. So it's just been an amazing kind of moneymaker. You know, it's been a great income producing opportunity, but it's also kind of ignited something in me. I can really see a legacy that I can put out now I can really see a business that can really generate the kind of future that I want, the kind of lifestyle that I want. I mean, I have, it's allowed me to dream again because that's what you do when you travel. You're able to just kind of be in a place that's different from where you are and think and be at peace and pray or meditate and do whatever it is you do to kind of, you know, kind of, you know, um, just renew again. So that was an unexpected you know benefit of this but it's been amazing at the core of what DS Traveler is it's all about community which is something that 
I'm all about. And everything that I do, it's always about bringing people together in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, and there's usually conversation, there's usually networking, there's usually something like that. But um, that's just been something that I've been like, thank you, God, for creating in me something that allows me to kind of put together these different kind of experiences. And so travel is part of that, it's part of that community building movement that I'm trying to create and um it's been it's been a great ride. So so yeah, it's my favorite trip. Um gosh, it's gonna be really hard. Um but I just got back from a dead 10 day trip to South Africa. I designed it exactly the way that I wanted it to be. Like with like I put so much thought and consideration into every little aspect of that trip and it was so amazing personally and then just the testimonials from the women that went were just it just blew me away. It just kind of I was so humbled by it, but it was just so amazing. And I mean, to go from like, you know, kind of the Cape Town experience and Nelson Mandela and to see like a lion in front of me on a safari. And mm. you know, it was just like all these different rich emotions that I just embraced and appreciated. So that was, that's, it's going to be kind of hard to be South Africa at this point, but um that was definitely, I will never forget that experience. It was amazing. So, so, um, one of the things that I've thought about is like, okay, I want to have um, a She First retreat of some sort. And yes. you were actually one of the first people that came to mind. I was like, I've got to link up with Janelle because I know that yes. she will have it planned out to a T. Yes, I and will. <laughs> so I'm going to say it now here on the podcast so that there will be other people to hold me accountable for doing this, <laughs> is that we have to plan a self-care retreat linking up with DS Traveler to help us to make it you know, fabulous. So segue into um, talking about self care specifically because mm -hmm. you definitely have a lot of projects going on um, and so I'm interested to know you know what does self-care mean to you and what does that look like for you you know are there any self-care rituals or routines that you really hold on to to make sure that you know you are able to be able to to give you know to the the things that you're involved in Right. So I'll be honest, like self care for me in the very beginning was like, I just need to get eight hours of sleep and I'm good. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I had a very kind of limited view of what that is because, again, it's one of those terms, one of those movements that I think people are being more thoughtful about now. But um, at the time, you know, when these projects all started converging, I was just like, if I can get eight hours of sleep, that's good. And I think in my head, I thought that was that was taking care of myself, you know? Um, if I can just drink eight glasses of water a day, I'm good, you know? So, um, and I realized like, like, no, we have to be like really more thoughtful about how we're taking care of our bodies, like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like all those things. And so as someone who loves to learn and loves to read, I really was just kind of like, you know, what is it that I'm not doing? And when I feel overwhelmed, like how do I de you know, decompress? What does that look like for someone who constantly has to monitor the news? Like how do I yeah. unplug? Like there's no unplugging because I need to know what's going on in order to do my job, you know? Um, and so I get that question asked a lot and it's just been such a miracle. This travel project has been such a miracle because I've been able to use personal travel as a, a way to kind of step my self-care game up, you know? Yeah. Um, and so being able to do that brings me so much joy and it's a, such a sense of peace. Even if I'm doing 
different activities while I'm traveling. So that's pretty large scale because, you know, I know everyone can't just like get on a plane and like go somewhere. And I can't do that all the time, but I do it often. I try to do it often. <laughs> um, so that's like kind of a big way that I do it. But I think for me, it's so important for me to kind of tap into the really small things that bring me joy. Um, and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's small thing, like you mentioned, but like really small things like, you know, a glass of wine, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, or like cooking myself a really like one of my favorite meals, you know, I mean, I have curry and jerk like weekly, mm. weekly, <laughs> you know, just a plate, a plate of food, you know, cooking dinner, like the, the calm that comes from cooking, which I know a lot of people might not think that's calming, but for me it is. And of course, you know, my faith is like a huge part of how I kind of like refocus and like calm and, and where I can find some peace. And so really, you know, relying on the scriptures, relying on prayer, you know, um, being still, which is something that I'm still kind of learning. Like, what does that sound like? Because there's so much activity around me. So when it is, when I am still, I'm a little scared, like, what's not happening because of me, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, it's definitely a work in progress. And so, you know, I don't think anyone has arrived at self-care. I think there are things that we do in seasons of our life that work. And so this is a season where that's working, but I'm sure, you know, um, you know, one day if, when there's marriage and kids, you know, like self-care might look very different in those spaces. So yeah. I'm totally prepared to be flexible and to learn and to kind of, enjoy the season that I'm in and the self-care moments that I can embrace like in those moments you know so yeah. hopefully that makes sense yeah <laughs> no it does and you mentioned something that I want to um, touch upon because you mentioned perhaps self-care looking very different one day when you're married and you have kids and, yes. and so you're currently single and I'm always interested <laughs> to know because I know when there are su really successful single women sometimes there's the thought or the notion that well you have everything and you've arrived mm -hmm. and and then perhaps there's no desire to to be married you don't need to be married you don't need a man and I'm just right. curious do you want to be married you know it, it sounds like yes! obviously that you do but what are your thoughts on that and in terms yes. of the successful yes, single let's woman, you know? Right now. <laughs> let's clear that up right now. I absolutely 100% do. Um, and um, my first uh, view of marriage was from my parents. And so, like, I loved their relationship. They were friends. You know, they could argue and there was, then they can make up within the same day. And, you know, they, they, I just, that was my first impression. That was what I saw. And so I always, I've always envisioned marriage as part of my life um, and um, having and raising a family as well. So, I mean, I absolutely want those things and I've never stopped wanting it. And I think I've been asked that before and it's just kind of like, I'm not really sure why we've, why we've made the assumption that because you know, you're career driven or you're, you're on this amazing, amazing ride in, in your single life that you don't want the other. It's like you do. You absolutely do. And as a matter of fact, there's some intention that needs to be involved in that as well. And so, you know, I just had to even think about that. Like, I do want to be married. So like, you know, what are some of the things that I'm doing to encourage that, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and so, you know, being really honest about myself, even as I get older, 
and just understanding how, you know, like just dating and just putting yourself out there and, you know, just doing what you love, like loving and living life to the best of your ability and um, being very hopeful for the future. And so absolutely it is. And I know I've had so many conversations around just like, well, you know, what is there left to give if you're doing all this stuff? And it's just like, no one like needs marriage, right? Like no one needs it. Like, right. you know, you, you probably need deodorant and food and things like that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but I want it. But I think, um, you know, what's been really like fun for me to explore is just kind of Janelle, who Janelle is and knowing that, um, like this person that I'm becoming, that I'm transforming into this person that's really enjoying life. Like, you know, there's, there's a guy someday that, that's going to see that and hopefully be really excited about that too. Because I just, I just know that I'm constantly praying about being my best self and doing things um, to honor my faith, doing things to honor my community, my family, um, and to really just, you know, just really like that whole live your best life. I mean, I know it gets overused a lot, but it's so personal for me because it's just like I do not want to be perfect. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about like if you fall and you get up and you learn that lesson, then that's great. You know, and I and I just really embrace all of that. So, yes, I do want to be married. I do want to have 2.5 kids, and, like, <laughs> all this stuff. Um, <laughs> So, yes, and that's in the hearts and minds of many single professional women, many single uh, women that are entrepreneurs. Um, I, I know a lot of them. A lot of them are my friends. I know plenty of I'm in plenty of circles where that's discussed. And I think the challenge for us is just, you know, making making time for that to happen and really making sure that we don't think we have to choose, you know? Yeah. So with that, I want to segue into my final question, which is more mm -hmm. of a asking you to complete this statement, okay? Okay. Janelle Henry is becoming fill in the blank. Ooh, oh my goodness. I know. I just kind of threw that one. Threw that one on you, right? It's a great question. Um, I, I like the first thing that comes to mind is, is stronger and better every day. Mm. Um, stronger in the sense of like I am constantly learning lessons about myself. You know, I'm constantly learning how to um, to kind of be okay with who I am, and you know, better because I learn from those lessons and I'm able to immediately put those lessons to work. You know, and yeah. to learn from them in the moment. And so, um, so that's, that's something that, um, that just kind of first came to mind because I know that like, I didn't want to be at that place a few years ago. I just wanted to be better, like bigger and better, like every day. Yeah. And, um, I think now because life throws you challenges, life puts a mirror in front of your face and you're like, Oh, that's, you know, that's who you're projecting to be, but that's not really who you are. Like, you know, and so just coming to terms with who you are and being more confident so, yeah, so I think definitely stronger and better every day, learning those lessons, turning them into something that, you know, kind of fuels me and not like, you know, takes me out, you know, just kind of learning to be comfortable in my own skin and um, and doing the best to, you know, provide spaces for people that I care about in my community to come together. So those are things I'm constantly working on. Yeah. Well, Janelle, it's been so great to have you on the show. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Um, as we wrap, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? You can find me at um, JanelleHenry.com, JanelleHenry.com. I also have a travel website, 
dstraveler.com. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me there as well. All right. Well, thanks again, Janelle, for being on the show. And I can't wait to continue to follow all the things that you are involved with and that you are bringing to the community. Thank you so much, Alex. This was so much fun. And um, I really appreciate you having me on as well. And we have got to plan that retreat very soon. Yes. All right. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to She Time. Be sure to visit shefirstproject.org backslash podcast to access the show notes for today's episode. Also, don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice to subscribe, rate, and review the show. And sharing is caring, so feel free to share this episode with a friend. I love connecting with our listeners and members of the She First Tribe, so be sure to like and follow the She First Project on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching She First Project. And if you have any suggestions for topics or guests you'd like to see featured on the show, please reach out to us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at shefirstproject.org. Well, I can't wait for you to join me back here next week for another episode of She Time. Until then, take care.